The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. This is Live La Bella Vita with your host, Don Catherine. If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on Toginet with Dawn Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, if you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Familia, does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine. If you're listening to us live, thank you for tuning in. If you are listening to a podcast, thank you for downloading. You can go to the toginet.com page, my show page, La Vida, and download the show, or you could make your way to iTunes and put in La Bella Vida or my name, Dawn Catherine, and you can download the show from there. And you can also subscribe for the rate and listen to any of the shows that I have done in the past. And you can leave comments or feedback or whatever you want. If there's something that you want me to talk about, please let me know. So on tonight's show, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite places in the world. Everybody knows that's Italy. And we're going to be talking about some of the most fabulous hillside towns in Italy. And we'll be talking about that in a little while. We're going to be talking about Siena. We're going to just be talking about Volterra, San Gimignano and a few other places. So that is what the show is going to be about tonight and what you need to go see if you are planning to take a trip over to Tuscany and you want to check out all of the best hillside towns when you are there. So what's going on in the world? There's lots going on. Uh, I am in Orlando right now, and we are getting ready for a tropical storm or depression. Chantal is on her way. She's going over the Caribbean. She doesn't know what she wants to do. They one minute they say that it's going to affect us, the next minute they say it's not, but I do know that it's going to rain all weekend, and she has ruined my weekend plans, so not so happy with Miss Chantel at all. Um, and what else is going on? Um, my boyfriend, George Clooney, because you know he's my boyfriend. He really was a Stacey Cleavers anyways, but they've officially broken up. George is hanging out at his villa over there in um, Lake Como, and he looks really happy, so... I think I need to go visit him because, you know, I wouldn't mind to take a little trip over to Italy to see my boyfriend, but um, I do feel bad. They were together for two years. I mean, that's his mojo. He just cannot be in a relationship for more than two years. That's until he comes and decides that he needs to date me. Um, so, anyway, uh, what else is going on? So, I saw uh, in the news before I came on to air that Randy Travis seems to be getting a little bit better. He was in critical condition this past week. He had presumptive cardiomyopathy and congestive heart failure, uh, but he is looking to be on the mend, and so hopefully that is true because I actually like Randy Travis. He's one of the few country people 
I actually like his music, so I hope he feels better. We are still on Royal Baby Watch. I'm just so distraught that Kate did not have her baby on my birthday, July 6th. I was really hoping that she would, but she decided not to, so whatever. But uh, hopefully she uh, has this baby soon. I read a statistic that said that her having this baby is going to add something to the amount of $450 million to the London, UK economy uh, from them having the baby with all of the stuff, all of the souvenirs, and lots of tacky souvenirs in England. Shh, I did not say that. Um, but uh, they do. And <laughs> they sell everything that you could even imagine. If they can put the queen or, you know, the boys on there, it's done. Tacky is can be, but they do that. But it's going to give them a nice little boost in their economy, so I guess that's a good thing. But um, I'm just waiting. I want her to have this baby already. I'm dying to know what it is. I really am. I really want to know. If it's a boy or a girl, which at this point, since they changed a lot, it doesn't matter. You know, regardless, she will be in line for the throne, which I think is awesome and very progressive of the royal family to get with the 21st century. And so, oh yeah. And then, of course, we had the tragedy with the Asiana flight from, that was going flying in to San Francisco that unfortunately crashed. My prayers go out to the families. It's a horrible tragedy. Um, it's amazing to me that only two people were killed, and you had 300 and something people on that flight, and when you saw that plane, you just didn't think that that many people could actually come out of that alive, and they really did, so I think that is fantastic. Um, and it just goes to show you how well-trained those flight attendants are. Uh, that's what their job is. You might think that they're being honorary and cranky when they tell you to put your trade table up on landing and all of that good stuff, but they do it for a reason. It's for safety. So that is what they're trained to do, and that safety is what probably saved many lives. Um, I do have to say this is really funny because everybody says that they want to sit in first class and whatnot, but statistically, if you are in a plane crash, not you know, a majority of the time, the people in the first 10 rows are the ones, if there is fatalities, that they are the ones that perish, which means it's all of the first-class passengers. So you might want to think twice about doing that and stay in the back of the plane. You see, it's the absolute safest place is in the very back of the plane and an aisle seat, which I don't like, actually, for the window, but I do stay in the back, so I guess that increases my chances of not, you know, of, of having a good space to be able to get away, and it's close to an exit, emergency exit. Always sit next to an exit. It's always good for you. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? I know that there was something else I wanted to tell you, but I'm not quite sure. Um, my Incantados, what has me spellbound this week, my style icon for this week is Kate Hudson, always beautiful. Uh, she wore an Ellie Saab gown um, to the Novak Dykovich Foundation Gala, and she had this beautiful black high-ham, low-neckline, black chiffon gown, which was beautiful. It had anchored, very intricate beading on it. She had these beautiful studded pumps and a beautiful, gorgeous, Christian Lebon, uh, Louboutin, clutch, spiked, clutch little purse. It was beautiful. She looked gorgeous. So I gave her my style icon this week because she just looked absolutely beautiful. And my wine pick for this week 
is the Villa Rosa Moscato Diaspi, because you know that I love me some sparkling wine during the summertime. And this is a great bottle. It is a little bit on the pricey side. You can get it anywhere between 40 and 50 bucks a bottle. But uh, it is a very, you know, Moscato, very fizzy, very fresh, very fragrant, has a great bouquet um, of aromas of peaches and apricots. And when you drink it, it's very clean on your palate, bubbles on your palate, and it has a very sweet and crisp, refreshing finish. So it's really nice when you drink it because it gives you a nice little smooth finish, a little bit on the sweet side. Definitely something that you want to have uh, to end your meal. Great with desserts, great with a little bit of tiramisu or some... Fruits and stuff, I think it is a wonderful choice. So you get to try out some Moscato. It's fantastic. So what's coming up? So we are going to be talking about Italy, my favorite place. I told you that. And, you know, usually I do a book of the week who, you know, someone always makes me mad. But, you know, absolutely no one has made me that mad this week. Although I'm a little bit annoyed with the uh, George Zimmerman trial because it's very big down here. And I'm just really overhearing about it. So I'm hoping that it's done and over with. And, uh, you know, they're going to be both rested besides the cases, defense, the prosecution, going to the jury tomorrow, doing closing arguments, going to the jury hopefully by the end of the day, and we will have a resolution to this tragedy. And uh, so hopefully it is, uh, you know, Nobody, not everybody's going to be happy with the verdict. That's just the way it is. Somebody's going to be disappointed. But I just hope that uh, there is peace and rest because there are a lot of people around who are very afraid about what could happen when the verdict comes out. Thankfully, I am about 50 miles, 40, 40 miles away from Sanford, Florida, so I should be good. So I guess I will give my buffoon of the week to the whole Zimmerman trial. So we are going to talk about Third Place Italy. We're going to be talking about these beautiful, magnificent hill towns they are extraordinary, and when you are planning a trip to Italy, I beg of you to make sure that you take some time to go hit some of these beautiful hillside towns. You will not be disappointed, and if you are driving in Italy, which I highly recommend because they drive awesome over there, um, you know, if you drive over there, nine out of ten times, you're going to be driving a stick. Going up to those hill towns can be quite challenging if you haven't driven a stick in a while. I used to drive a stick years ago and a couple of times ago when I went over there and rented a car and went up to Volterra and San Gimignano, I had to uh, get back in the groove. And when you're talking about inclines on these hills that are huge, it's not a lot of fun. It's not a good way to get back into the groove of doing a stick shift, but I will tell you, worth every minute of it because when you get to your destination, it's absolutely extraordinarily beautiful. So. Um, one of the first places that we're going to be talking about is Siena, and we are also going to be talking about Volterra. We are going to be talking about San Gimignano. We are going to be talking about um, some spa towns as well. I'm going to give you a little tour of some spa towns because if you want to have a little bit of a different idea about what a spa can be, I don't want you to think about a spa where you go and get your massage. They have different kinds of spas in Italy, and I'm going to give you a few of these really cool spas that you might want to try out that are in the general vicinity, vicinity of where I'm sending you, so you might want to check those out. Um, so we will be talking about that and a whole lot more when we come back from the break, and if you have any questions or you want to talk to us, you can call me at one eight seven seven eight two one zero five. 
864-4869. And uh, we will take any questions. Do you have any questions about Italy and about going to uh, the central area, Tuscany, and some of these little towns? I can give you some of my best advice. And uh, we're also going to be talking about, in Siena, one of this great church and some of the extraordinary things that they have inside that I think you will find. Some of you who are not Catholic might think it's a little bit crazy, but for those who are sort of Catholic and we're used to some of these things, we're, we'll really appreciate it. So this is Don Catherine. It's the Bella Vita show. We will see you on the other side of the break. Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Join host Kaylin Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kaylin helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kaylin for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio network chances are you didn't give birth to einstein so why are you trying to raise your child to be like him welcome to stop raising einstein with your host tara kennedy klein woohoo radio network's parenting show dedicated to helping you release the myth of the perfect parent and discover the unique brilliance in your child and you Tara and her panel of amazing, intelligent, and sometimes off-the-wall guests will share the tips, tools, trends, and techniques available that will help you stop raising Einstein and start relishing your role as a proud and present parent. Join her every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for Stop Raising Einstein, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. From thence, I had great desire to see Italy, and came to Venice, and from thence to Florence, where I played before the Duke, and got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet. 
If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. It's Live La Bella Vita, and here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. This is Don Catherine, Live La Bella Vita show. And we are talking about the beautiful hill towns of Tuscany. And we're going to talk about Siena right now. And it is likely Italy's most loveliest medieval cities. It's absolutely gorgeous. Siena's heart is in its central piazza, which is known as Il Campo. It's known worldwide for its famous Italio horse race, which they run around the piazza two times every summer, um, which one was which was just held uh, July 2nd. and. Uh, it was a, a big deal. It's always a big deal. And the, all the neighboring provinces get together, and they all compete against each other. So it's a fabulous thing to go see the Palio. Uh, Siena is a walled medieval town. It's in the heart of Tuscany. It's 68 miles south of Florence. It sits on the southern border of Monte Chianti. And it's famous, as you know, for its wine and its olive oil. It was built in the 13th century, but it was built by successful bankers and wool traders. For several centuries, Siena was in fierce competition with Florence, of course, who at one point stooped as low as to catapulting species over the walls in a failed attempt to start the plague there. Seriously. There are 55,000 residents and 20,000 students making it a lively place to live. And, of course, if you go to any of the movies, uh, you can see Sienna in the Palio in the James Bond movie, Quantum of Solace. Sienna is said to have been founded by Cineas, which is the son of Remus, who is one of the two legendary founders of Rome. Thus, Sienna's emblem is the she-wolf who suckled Remus and Romulus. You'll find many statues throughout the city. The city sits over three hills with its heart, the huge Piazza del Campo, where the Roman form used to be. Rebuilt during the rule of the Council of Nine, a quasi-democratic group from 1287 to 1355, the nine sections of the fan-like brick pavement of the piazza represent the council and symbolizes the Madonna cloak which she shelters Siena. The campo is dominated by the Red Palazzo Publico and its tower, Torre di Mangia, along with the Duomo of Siena, the Palazzo Publico was also built during the same period of rule by the Council of Nine. The Civic House between 1297 and 1310 still houses the city's municipal offices, much like Palazzo Vecchio in Florence. Its internal courtyard has entrances to the Del Tormangia and the Civic Museum, and if you feel energetic enough to climb up over 500 steps, you will be rewarded with a wonderful view of Siena and its surroundings. The museum, on the other hand, offers some of the greatest Sienese paintings, the Sala de Concretoro houses the Dominico Acufumi's best works, ceiling frescoes of allegories on the virtue of Siena's medieval government. But is the Sala di Mapamondo and the Sala di Palace that holds the palace's highlights. And Ambongro Lorizento allegories of good and bad governments once considered the most important secular painting of the Middle Ages. Now, you also have the Cathedral of 
di Santa Maria, better known as their Duomo. It's a gleaming marble treasure of Gothic art from the 13th and 14th centuries. Siena's Duomo was built in 1215 and 1263 and designed in part by Gothic master Niccolo Pisano. His son Giovanni drove uh, the plans for the lower half of the facade begun in 1285. The facade's upper half was added in the 14th century. Like most churches, not everything was done at the all at one time, and it was completely and always added on to. The 14th century was a time of great wealth and power for Siena, and plans were made to expand the cathedral into a great church that would dwarf even St. Peter's in Rome. The already large Duomo would form just a transept of this huge cathedral. Expansion got underway in 1339 with a construction of a new nave off of the Duomo's right transept. But in 1348, the Black Death swept through the city and killed about four-fifths of Siena's population. The giant cathedral was never completed, and half-finished walls of the Duomo Novo New Cathedral survive as a monument to Siena's ambition and its one-time wealth. Now, that was in the 19th, in the 19th century. The Duomo's unique black-and-white striped campania dates from 1313, but reflects a Romanesque style. The tall, square bell tower has increasing numbers and round-headed arcades with each level and culminates in a peerage-shaped roof. And that south transept has an entrance known as the Porto del Perdano, the Door of Forgiveness, which is topped with a medallion bust of the Virgin and Child by Donatello, original in the Musea dell'Opera. On the north side of the cathedral, a stone wall is set into the walls and inscribed with a mysterious state of square. And that is the beautiful, um, beautiful cathedral. Now, after that, you have to go see San Domenico, St. Dominic's Basilica. It is a vast brick church in Siena, founded by the Dominicans in 1125 as part of the friary. San Domenico is closely associated with St. Catherine of Siena and contains her head in a reliquary. The history of this church of San Damianico dates from 1226, an enormous, severe structure jutting above a monument of the town and provides good views of the Duomo and Siena's rooftops. The Capolina di Santa Caterina, which is the chapel of St. Catherine, halfway down the right wall, was frescoed with scenes from the saint's life, all except the right wall, where in 1593, Francesco Vanni painted Catherine performing an exorcism, where frescoed by Sodoma in 1526. St. Catherine of Siena was born in 1347 and lived to 1380. She was a laophilate of the Dominican order, framed for her intellect and mystical visions of Christ. Her house and shrine is in her hometown, right there in Siena. The large work on the left of the wall, uh, interceding on behalf of a condemned man, as well as other scenes of her ecstasy and swooning are some of Sodoma's best work. This chapel enshrines St. Catherine's incorrupt head and finger and a gilt relic crease on the altar. So for those of you who may not be Catholic, it might seem a little bit strange, but we keep those kind of reliquies and we keep 
things that are incorruptible like that to put them on display to show Christ's love and to show the power of Christ in God. And so there are many different things that I've seen when I was over there. This is one of them. It is very interesting to see that it is perfect. She looks absolutely perfect. She, you know, she obviously died five five hundred years ago, and she looks perfectly intact. So that's why they have enshrined her, and she is in this uh, reliquary. So the main shrine. Um, is down the hill, is her family home, and the rest of her body is entombed in Santa Maria, Sopra, and Minerva in Rome. So you can see parts of her, so she isn't completely together. She has parts that were brought to Rome and parts of her that were there in the St. Catherine of Siena in the chapel. Um, now, if you're going to go and see Siena, you have to go and see some of the main things, which is obviously Palazzo Publico, it is a beautiful 14th century piazza. It is entirely filled with frescoes, so you can look and go up and look around, and it's beautiful. And it's considered to be the first profane cycle in Western art and history, and it is absolutely beautiful. You have Lorenzante, uh, Bernino, and Nove, all these beautiful, very well-known artists who have done the frescoes there. They have the Archbishop's Palace. It's a wonderful building that stands just a short distance from the Duomo. It's home to the splendid panel by Lorenzenti that depicts the Madonna de Latte. The Manja's Tower, which is Torre de Manja, stands alongside the Palazzo Publico. It was built in a period about 1338 to 1348 and was called by this name in honor of the nickname given to its first bell ringer known as Manja Guadagnani. And the top of the tower can be reached by climbing just a little over 400 steps. So if you can make it up there, once you get to the top, you'll have a magnificent view of the entire city and have a panoramic view. I would have a heart attack before I got to the top, so... Never going to happen. Santa Maria del Scala, this building, Santa Maria del Scala, takes up an area of about 350,000 square meters and was originally built as a city hospital, one of the first to be built in Italy. Today, many parts of the building have been recovered thanks to a massive restoration program and exhibition spaces for Siena. And international artists are now available. Inside the building, it is possible to see three chapels, the Chapel de Monto, Del Madonna in Sacro Chiro and Santa Sima Nunziata. You also have the Botanical Gardens, which is the Giardino di Santesi, and also the Piazza del Campo. This is one of Italy's most famous squares and probably the most with the most original shape. Piazza del Campo stands on a site that was once an ancient Roman forum opposite Palazzo Publico in Toro del Mangia. The area was initially intended for a city marketplace and only to be began to take on the dignity required of a true square in 1288. From 1327 to 1349, paving work was carried out in the square using special red bricks. The square, more commonly known as Old Campo locally, is surrounded by medieval buildings, coffee shops, restaurants, and tutorials. And in August, again, you will find the famous Palio as well as the Staff July. So when we come back, we are going to be going to Cortona. And for those of you who might be fans of Francis Mays and the film Under the Tuscan Sun. You'll want to listen to this. This is Don Catherine. We'll see you on the other side of the break. This is the Bella Vita Show.
Meredith is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on toginet.com. Get ready to have some fun with some brand new insights from science. Join us for the radio show of scientist Oe Nandi. Born of Indian and Swiss parents, this linguist and biologist authored the book Human Language Evolution and will tell you the story of human history, why it began in Africa, and why there arose blonde people, how America was populated. And we'll be answering some much more similar thrilling questions. Scientist Oe Nandi is here to simplify the complex and to give us insight into our history and maybe even share one of his poems from one of two publications. Join us every Wednesday at 12 noon central on TogiNet Radio for an insightful show with host, scientist, and poet Oe Nandi. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less. And a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe, a fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. With your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich. Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Como bella c'è la luna, brilla e strette, strette come butto, belle faste già. Sotto celle de Roma. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. This is Don Catherine. It's the La Bella Vita show. And we are talking about Cortona in the beautiful hillside towns of Tuscany. And if Cortona sounds familiar, it's probably because you've heard it from Frances May in her best-selling book, Under the Tuscan Sun, that was made into a blockbuster hit that starred Diane Lane. And it's a heartwarming true story, and it's such a popular film that it inspires millions of tourists to Cortona. And it has become an international destination, which was once a small city, and now because they have so many tourists, it's pretty crazy for them. But uh, it is a historical Etruscan hill town. It was less discovered by those of us looking for some elusive magic. I will, you know, you have to go and you have to look at this place. Uh, when you look at all of the dozens of wild towns in Tuscany and Umbria, Cortona is perhaps the most magical and the most real. It really is authentic. Each town is different, especially inviting, but in Cortona, you could spend a lifetime. There is a vast openness even inside the wall fortress. One moment you may find yourself winding down a narrow path with wall terraces and heavy clotheslines on either side, 
and then your world opens up and you can see for miles in every direction. And when you have this panoramic view of Tuscany, it's absolutely amazing. And Cortona has remnants of its pre-Romanesque Etruscan past, Renaissance artist Luca Signorelli and Ferrer Angelico and Baroque artist Pietro di Cortona are from there. Cortona is located in the eastern part of Tuscany near the border of the Umbria region and Trissimo Lake. And Cortona is also strategically placed um, to stop just one or two days in your itinerary if you are going to be en route to Tuscany. It's very close to Arezzo and Sienta, San Gimignano, Brugia, and Assisi. So you can get there very easily, and I definitely think that you should get it. Take a trip there. About 40 minutes by walk through the woods outside of Cortona's walls, there is a fabulous Francescan convent, Le Celle de Cortona, which holds the Spartan cells where St. Francis himself stayed, where he preached there in 1211. The church and gardens can be visited for free. The 16th century Medici fortress above Cortona has great views over Lake Trisimino. And if you follow Via San Margarita uphill, past lovely gardens, you can get to the fortress. There's many things that you can go and visit when you are in Katona. They have the Museum of Academia Etrusca. It's the second most important museum in Italy of the Etruscan civilization. And the museum also includes some Roman, Egyptian, and medieval finds. And, the, of course, the Piazza della Repubblica, which has the 13th century town hall and clock tower, presides over Cortona's Piazza della Repubblica. The central piazza is surrounded by outdoor cozy cafes and little tutorias. And uh, grab a cone of gelato and just enjoy your time. They, of course, have, we talked about the Duomo, Cortona's Renaissance Cathedral, built on the site of an Etruscan temple, has an 11th century facade and a beautiful 16th century paintings inside. The Church of San Demianico, the Church of Francesco, uh, was built in 1247, holds one of the most beautiful paintings of the 17th century, the Inestination by Pietro di Cortona, and many relics that belong to St. Francis are preserved inside this church, which is kind of interesting considering that St. Francis was from Assisi. You would think they were over there, but that's just the way they did it. They all stole from each other, and you know, they all wanted their cathedral to be the one that everybody wants to go to. And, of course, you have beautiful Etruscan walls that surround Cortona, and inside the walls you can see the medieval streets, the historic center, and the neighborhoods, along with little trails that lead you to these breathtaking views. Now, we're going to go to the medieval town of San Giuliano, one of my favorite places. It's located among Siena, Cortona, and Volterra, three of the most famous cities, heavily influenced in culture and traditions from in a historic age. Based of a small Etruscan village dating back from the Hellenistic period, its history started around the 10th century on a hill of 334 meters above sea level surrounding a beautiful landscape dominating the River Elsa Valley. San Gimiano is a city of uncommon beauty with its proud towers shining like a star in the sky, surrounded by green hills. The historic village offers an exquisite cultural experience to its visitors. The town of Fine Towers, as it's called, well-deserved this name, because it appears in all its splendor as it comes into view in the distance with its tall towers rearing towards the heavens. And when you're driving in, you're going down these beautiful Tuscan, Tuscan little roads, and then in the distance you really do see those beautiful towers coming up. It's just an absolute breathtaking journey into San Gimignano. The town of Fine Towers, as it's been called, um, 
as I said, San Gimignano is enclosed by two walls running around the town. It's a cultural haven with its architectural beauty, narrow streets, fountains, and castle itself dating back to the 7th century. San Gimignano is known um, for having all those towers, but believe it or not, it's a historic center. is a UNESCO World Heritage Site for its architecture. And during the Middle Ages, the town was an important center for trade and pilgrims traveling to or from Rome via the Fran via Francisque. And uh, so it was a very epic center of trade in that time period. And uh, again, the UNESCO World Heritage Site actually shows how important it is because there's not there are more heritage sites, UNESCO heritage sites in the, the country of Italy, but they only distinguish very few. And if you were to go back to San Gimignano back before in the day, when it was in its height of its wealth, there were over 72 towers that were originally there, some as tall as 50 meters. They were all built by rich families, and it was a way to demonstrate their wealth. But as of now, there's only 14 surviving middle medieval towers that create this skyline, but it's such a treat to be able to see. And I, you can only imagine when you're there, when you go and you look, to see what it would be like to see all 72 of those towers at the same time. Now, Volterra is another wall town in Tuscany with medieval and Renaissance buildings, the Roman theater and Tuscan sites. It's one of Tuscany's most evocative hill towns and usually has fewer tourists than its neighbor, San Gimignano. And you can do both in the same day if you would like. And uh, I can tell you that uh, driving into Volterra is quite a challenge when you are driving a stick shift. I've done it uh, several times and it's always a challenge. But uh, people might un who are of a certain age or have a sort of infinity for a book called, I don't know, um, the little series that, you know, Edwin and then you have the little vampire story. Well, that all goes back to, to Volterra because back in Volterra, that is where the New Moon book was, the very end of that book, a new moon of that series uh, was in Volterra. So people go there just to see those specific spots that were in the movie, and you actually can take a tour and see all of the places where they filmed pieces of the movie New Moon. But, the, um, but when you go to Volterra, you are going to see some magnificent, magnificent Renaissance and medieval architectural elements to that particular. It has medieval colors. It has a very unique experience of feeling like you're going back in time because, honestly, out of all of them, I would think it was one of the ones that I felt really took me back to the Renaissance. And it really is a little precious jewel of Tuscany that you need to go see. And I highly recommend it. Now, when you're in Volterra, there are many things that you can go see, and you need to go see all of them because they have such magnificent, magnificent sites for you to see. Now, they have the Roman Theater, Forum and Baths, which construction started on the Roman Theater in the 1st century B.C. Behind the theater are the remains of Roman baths dating from the 4th century A.D. There's also remains of a Roman Forum. During the Middle Ages, these sites were part of a rubbish dump and were buried until excavations began in 1951. And... 
the Piazza di Priori is the main square and is one of the most impressive in Tuscany. Um, the Piazza is a 13th century Palazzo di Priori, the oldest town hall in Tuscany. Also on the Piazza are the 14th century Palazzo Vescovile and the back of the cathedral. The Duomo or Cathedral dates back from 1120 when it was constructed on the site of a previous church. It has a Romanesque facade and entrance added in the 13th century. The interior was modified in the late 16th century in the Renaissance style and has richly decorated ceilings, several chapels with frescoes or wood panels, and a 12th century marble pulpit. The octagonal baptistry dates from the 13th century, although parts of it might be older. Its facade is decorated with green and white marble stripes, and the dome dates from the 15th century. And the 13th century walls that enclose the historic center, there are six gates in the walls in the center dating from the 13th to 16th centuries. Porta San Francesco still has traces of the original frescoes. From Porta San Felice, there are views of the countryside beyond the town. And two fonts have been also preserved. One of them, the Fonte de Cola, was used in the Middle Ages to provide water for the mills and the wool industry. Near San Felice font, built in 1319, are the remains of the Etruscan wall. And the Etruscan sites at the high point of Altera in the Etruscan archipelagos, with panoramic views, are surrounding the countryside. The archaeological site is part of the park that includes foundations of two Etruscan temples, dwellings from the Hellenistic period, a system of cisterns, and medieval tower ruins. Porto al Arco, the archgate, has sides possibly dating, dating back all the way to the 5th century BC, with the arch and heads dating from the 3rd to 2nd century BC. Etruscan tombs carved into the sandstone below ground can be found in several places. And, of course, there's many museums. Uh, the Etruscan Museum is one of the world's first public museums and has the largest collection of artifacts. It's housed in the 13th century Plaza del Priore and the 15th century Palazzo Mucci Salani and includes painting and works from medieval to modern times. And a museum of sacred art is housed in the bishop's palace. And then the Medica Fortress, the fortress high on the hill, consists of Roca Antica and Roca Nuova. And again, if you're into the Twilight Saga, the, moon, the new moon book was, last, the last part of it was filmed and based in Volterra. So if you are a Twilight fan, you definitely want to go check out Volterra and at least take pictures for the people who do because they will be most impressed that you do. So when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about some other little towns that you might want to go, and we're going to take you on a couple of little spa places. So we're going to tell you about a little bit of different spas. This is Don Catherine from Bellevue. She'll look you up at the set Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Familia, 
identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the WOW Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show, all with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. Welcome back. This is Don Catherine. This is the La Bella Vita show, and we are talking about Central Italy. Italy, Tuscany, and at Pill Towns, but right now I'm going to take you to some different things, because health spas in America are mainly devoted to diet, usually you get to go and eat less and get a little beauty treatments. but in spas like Terme Tuccio, the idea is to ingest the right mineral-laden waters that bubble up from the springs or the nearby spa property in an environment that's relaxing and conducive to healing. Music is part of the process, as is eating lightly while you're getting your body in balance. So it's a very different feel than your normal, typical American spas. So we are going to take you to Terme Tuccio. It's one of several spas set up in a park inside a town of Montecianti, Tina Terme. The Tuccio Spring is on the property. The name Tuccio refers to the little roof found over the spa's source when the spa was being built to its modern configuration. Terme Tuccio doesn't do massages, baths, or other treatments associated with other thermal spas found in the Montecanti area. Here it is what it is about. It's about drinking the waters. 
four sources are served at the spa. And let me just tell you what those ones are because it is, they all have different functions. So you can have a different, believe it or not, a different water for a different problem. The Zapolinda waters indicated are for the treat, treatment of chronic constipation and it will restore your, your, your areas within four to six months intervals. So you have to go back. The Regina waters restore a regular bile flow from the liver to the bowels and are useful in a case of um, hepatitis and bladder disorders. The Tuccio waters are effective in the process of the liver and can help, can help reduce cholesterol levels. And the Refusco waters are dietetic waters favor the process of waste elimination through the urinary system as well as the restoration of normal saline levels after prolonged sport activities. So this is totally different. So recommended treatment on how to take the waters. If you're looking for a specific cure, you'll want to schedule a visit with the local doctor and the doctor will assess you and determine which treatments would be best for you. But they will give you a glass and you'll take the waters in the morning and uh, you're going to do a 12-day cycle twice a year if you want to go and do this on an ongoing basis. But uh, if you're just going casually, you don't need to take a doctor's visit. You can just enter and pay the fee, and they'll give you a glass of water, and you can take the waters in the morning and follow and uh, walk around the grounds of the spa and eat lightly. There's music therapy. There's even shopping therapy available, which, of course, you have to have some shopping in there. And uh, you can go sightseeing in the day and return in the afternoon. So it's a much different type of spa that we're talking about here. This isn't just, you know, get on the on the massage table and we're going to massage you out. These are specific. The Equiturni is a small village in the Lunigiana region of Tuscany. It's known for its caves and prehistoric times for cave fauna and good water. And it's interesting to visit for those wanting to know more about the Upland Alps and how famous their marble deposits were formed. Equiturni is also a spa time for those who want a spark cure for their ills, so you can go there as well. It's just a different re region. The Monte Contini Terme is in the heart of Tuscany near Florence, Luca, Pisa, and Viraggio on the coast. It's a pleasant and peaceful town reminiscent of bygone days with a big park in the center, three small establishments, an elegant wellness center, high-quality shops, and nice bars and restaurants to go. But what are you going to do when you're there? The... Um, you know, you're going to have the spa treatments and you are going to be able to take in a this particular one. A wide array of classic and well-being treatments are available. And uh, the Excelsior Spa, which is located there, has a large wellness center with a variety of treatments including beauty, mud, and massage, and baths. Terme Ready has baths and lots of modern equipment. And Terme Lepoline, another historic spa, is being renovated and will have a huge swimming pool when it opens um, again in 2014. You'll find more information about this on my page. So if you're saying, oh my God, she's going through this information quite fast, it's because I want to make sure I get through it by the end of the show and I will put it on there for you to uh, understand what's going on because this is really important. Yes, this is kind of the equivalent of our fountain use there up in St. Augustine, Florida. They have their fountain use. These are their fountain use. I guess that's a good way to put it. The Viale Verde is the main street that leads through Piazza Popolo, and 
to the spas as it's boarded on one side by the park. The Alla Verde is lined with shops, cafes, and restaurants. On this street, there's two theaters, the tourist office, and the historic Grand Café Gambrinus is a great, lively place to meet if you are going to the spa area there. The Grata de Equi, Equi Termes Grato Cultural Park. It started this park story, their story starts around 10 to 20 million years ago when pressure from tectonic plates forces the seafloor to buckle in northern Italy and the Alpine Alps begin to form. The enormous flow pressure of the limestone compresses it into this famous marble that is part of Italy, which it's known for. Since Equitermi is a very wet area, lakes and underground streams start carving caverns into the soft limestone, and eventually a fascinating cave system provides fodder for human exploration. The first people arrive in search of water and good hunting grounds. The, the other look for fissures, entrances into Mother Earth, which they find in abundance here. Uh, one other thing, they'll find Eurus Celestis, the cave bear. They'll hunt it along with wolves, red deer, and other animals, and later shepherds were used in that area. But what is it like to visit the Grotto of Equiterme? Um, you can visit the Grottos of Equiterme for a brief tour, a half-hour tour, short tour, will give you a good history of what happened in the caves for five euros, not bad. Or for $8.50, euros, you can go deeper into the mysteries of the caves, literally as the tour takes you into the lower water, wet areas of the mountain. You will be able to see some beautiful sights. And your visit includes the little museum. Uh, just make sure that you ask for the English translation because, you know, if you're not up on your Italian, you'll be a little bit lost. Um, but the tour guides, however, will give you a passable explanation of the caves, the caves in English. And while there is a fascinating history of human occupation here, the archaeology hasn't returned to returned the information scientists have wished for. Here it has been too jumbled by water and earthquakes to know for certain the exact provenance of found artifacts. So cultural sequences are difficult to determine. One thing's for short, Neanderthals definitely lived and hunted there, giving way to Homo sapiens later. Still, you'll come away with a much better understanding of the landscape that is northern Tuscany. So when you enter, uh, when you enter the cave, you're going to have to put on a hard hat, and, uh, you know, that's not so fun, but you got to go and do that. Um, the Parco del Grasso um, is open at 1030. And uh, a trip to uh, the Equiterminal Grotto, the bottom line is it's interesting, but the, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, I definitely recommend you go for it. But it is a short tour, so you might not uh, want to take the time to go see it. But it's definitely something for me. I like that kind of stuff, but I like to go see. Um, again, there's a couple of spas that you can go to, and uh, you can check out those as well. And... Um, it also, there is the Monsumo Terme, which is another place where you can go, um, and you can combine visits to Monsumano and uh, the Montecianti Terme and the Montecentino also all the same time. And then the Bani de Luca is a strict spot center north of Luca in northern Tuscany. The towns and thermal springs reached their height in the 19th century when they were the favorite of Napoleon's sister, Eliza. Um, Puccini and British Bridges, such as Byron, Shelley, and the Brownings. Known since, the last, uh, since at least the Roman times, the hot thermal waters are believed to have healing properties for several elements, including arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Europe's first casino was originated there, too. 
and Bagnet de Luca is actually made up of three main centers along the Lima River in outlying villages in the hill. Most of the historic baths were located in the central part of Ponte Serreguillo. Beautiful villas built in the hills to the east along the Lima River gave this area the name La Villa. And today, this is the main administrative and commercial center to the wave of the Ponte Serreguillo. Along the river is the Fornali. So I definitely think that if you are going to try to go there, definitely go and see some of the historic spas. Um, there's several establishments there, hot baths, and uh, the uh, range, the range, by the way, uh, 104 to 116 degrees Fahrenheit. So go check out those new spas because I think that they have lots of healing properties for you to uh, take in. Um, and uh, there's uh, actually in Bani de Luco, it's actually promoted as an art town and special art and cultural events are held throughout the year. It has long been a center for producing terracotta figurines, primarily nativity and religious figures. And although most are now made in factories, there are still artisan workshops like Arte Barsante in the family since 1900 where figurines are still made and painted by hand. And during the Christmas season, there are an exhibit of Presti or Italian nativities in the town. And during July, right going on right now, there's a watercolor contest exhibit and poetry festival. So go check it out. All this information about all of this, because I know I went through it very fast, but I want to get through it, will be on the website. Also, I'm going to be going on a hiatus for several weeks. And when I come back, I have a very special guest, my first guest when I come back, is none other than Frances Mays, author of under the Tuscan Sun. She has just launched her own line of Under the Tuscan Sun brand of wines. Uh, she just came back from Italy last week, and uh, she'll be launching in September with her wine. And she is excited to come on and talk to you all about that. So I am taking some time off. I'm going to be doing construction on my house and doing a little bit of traveling, and I will see you when I get back. Thanks to my producer, Anna, down in Texas, and... Uh, the TogiNet family, and I will see you coming up. I'm on hiatus. Have a great vacation. Buon viaggio, everybody. Have a great summer. Ciao, ciao. Arrivederci. Thank you for being a part of 